Welcome to week three of the IU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. On this week's episode, we visit with former Eastern Illinois softball player, Maria Sorrentino, who currently works in finance for ESPN. Our conversation spans a variety of topics from her days as a member of EIU's OBC championship softball team, her career with ESPN, the current state of sports in the television landscape, and a hobby she has turned into a second means of income. Before we visit with Maria, EIU Athletics would like to thank its Panther Sports Properties, Partner of the Week, Slumberland Furniture, and the Restaurant of the Week, McCorder's Pub. Slumberland features more than 130 stores in 12 states, including a location in Mattoon. Learn more at slumberland.com. Slumberland, it's a good life. McCorder's Pub is located in the Cross County Mall in Mattoon. Visit them on Facebook at McCorder's Pub to learn more about the great food and drink specials they have. In EIU Athletics news this week, the Summit League has postponed its 2020 fall season and will look to play a schedule in the spring. This will have an impact on the EIU men's soccer program. The Ohio Valley Conference Board of Presidents will meet on Thursday evening to discuss fall competition, which would impact the Panther sports programs of football volleyball, women's soccer, and cross country that compete in the fall. Later this week on Friday, check out EIUPanthers.com where we'll have a feature article with EIU women's soccer senior Ichazo Oero, a second team all-conference selection on last year's Panthers women's soccer program. Thanks again for listening to EIU Panthers podcast as we visit with EIU softball player Maria Sorrentino. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're joined today by former EIU softball player, Maria Sorrentino. Maria, thanks for joining us on today's program. Of course, happy to be here. And then I should say, um, I don't know for how much longer it'll be Maria Sorrentino. I I think I hear some news of uh, an engagement recently. So congratulations on that. And I'm guessing some wedding plans. And I don't know how that exactly works under the the current COVID restrictions if if weddings are harder or easier to to plan oh man we we also don't know we're you know just getting started we just got engaged like three almost three weeks ago so you know we're kind of just settling into even talking about what we both want out of you know a wedding and how it could work with covid so hopefully you know by this time next year Things will be in a better state, but, you know, it's obviously so hard to tell that we're just going to, you know, try to make our best assumptions and, you know, create a wedding that, you know, is special for both of us, but safe. So it's definitely going to be an undertaking, but we're excited. Yeah, I would think, um, and this has probably been a bit of hidden job description that people don't realize is probably suffering is wedding planners and wedding organizers that used to be big money but they, they've been out of business and trying to be very creative here in the last few months as well right yeah i mean this obviously 2020 they probably had so many cancellations and stuff what we're you know a little concerned with is that so many of the current year's weddings have been pushed into 2021 um but you know we haven't really gotten to that point yet so we'll see but um, yeah, definitely from the wedding planning perspective, I think because a lot of them are much smaller scale now too, you know, I, I don't know exactly, you know, how much you need a wedding planner depending on the size you're going for. So we, you know, we haven't got to that point yet, but I imagine it's going to be, you know, a learning process and we're just going to have to 
kind of make do with what we can. Now, I would say that uh, planning in the budgeting of the wedding, it would be right up your alley, of course, one of the reasons that I was intrigued for, for talking to you and a few years ago, we, there was a feature article on you and for people that don't know, you're a finance manager with ESPN. And so mm -hmm. I guess, first of all, I'll explain a little bit like that is because when people think ESPN, the only thing that comes to mind is what you see on the actual TV. They don't realize the whole business model behind it. Right, exactly. Um, so right, I work in finance and really what you guys think more of the business model of a media company like that, like you said, the first thing you think about is sports when you think about ESPN, but it really is a media company and it's also owned by Disney. So from the corporate standpoint, when you're looking at like the main revenue streams that come into a company like that, a lot of that is from ad sales, which is where I come into play. So I work on our ad sales team and I do all the managing from an advertising perspective for NFL and NBA shows and games. So I, it's, it's a little, you know, complicated for those people that aren't, you know, part of the business, but essentially you're, um, you're working like directly with the marketplace in terms of buying spots, you know, commercial spots in a Monday night football game or an NBA, you know, finals game. So, so you, again, so you would help, so you would kind of help set what that market rate is working with, with advertisers. Cause I'm assuming ESPN has a, you know, that as kind of, and we'll use their moniker, the worldwide leader in sports, they, they have a little bit of a sway when it comes to probably setting their ad rates on those venues. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. Uh, the brand definitely does add a lot of value to the company, but it, it's the sports themselves that's really driving the value. So something like Monday Night Football, you know, so much of the ad dollars, especially on like a linear television, um, comes from the NFL. So whether it's from directly from the ad, ad revenue or it's from the affiliate fees that come from like your cable, you know, your cable bill or, you know, however you are getting that content, it comes from the sports that drive the highest viewership. So um, when we're, you know, working with advertisers, like the, the way that they're buying spots and the way it's priced out is driven off the expected viewership. And a lot of that then goes to the teams that are driving, you know, the highest ratings, whether it be, you know, because they, they're having a great season, because they have star players, because they have interesting storylines. So, you know, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's a really um, challenging position all the time, which is, what I love about it, but you know, it's such a passion of mine, sports and, you know, finance has become such a big part of, you know, my life and my knowledge base. So being able to combine the two is, is pretty cool. Now, I think you're, you're living in Chicago now, but at one point in time, you, you did start out in Bristol and, and I'm guessing most people at, at some point in time that work for the company work in Bristol. Is that kind of how you have to get your foot in the door? Um, I would, yeah, you know, n not necessarily, but I would say maybe like 80% of the workforce does work in Bristol, Connecticut. Um, you know, that's obviously where the company started and where they're headquartered and also where a majority of the production goes down, especially right now when, you know, we're not going out to, you know, stadiums and whatnot. A lot of like the studio shows 
originate from Bristol. There are other studios in LA and Charlotte. So there's, you know, some smaller productions going on, but you know, all of the corporate positions and, um, you know, some of like our legal team, HR, all of that is obviously housed in Bristol. So that's definitely, and it's a campus, you know, I always would say it kind of had the feel of like a, a university almost, you know, you have your gym and your cafeteria, different, and there's like 18 different buildings on 123 acres of land, you know, it's, and it's all gated and private. It's, it's a very um, special place to work, you know, it has so much character and you know the people that work there are just incredible so that you know I started as an intern so I moved out or you know I went out there thinking it'd be like a 10-week internship that was getting my master's and I needed to like fulfill you know a summer obligation so so that's kind of what you know took me out there to start and then there was an open analyst spot and having a few years of work experience already, you know, it was fitting, it was a fitting position for me. And I was actually able to complete the rest of my master's degree um, remotely because I only had like three classes to finish. So I ended up moving out there um, and, you know, settling down for like three and a half years. And then, you know, there was some flexibility with my position that they were, you know, open to me moving back to Chicago and just working remotely. So that's kind of where I've been now for the last two years is back in Chicago. Yeah, you kind of you kind of already answered part of one of my next questions here. Oh. I was gonna ask about the, you know, I've always, I've never been to Bristol, Connecticut, but you you I had heard that it is kind of a campus setting there. And I think mm -hmm. To the delay sports viewer that they watch the ESPN commercials and they're they're very creative in that standpoint. A lot of them show that campus environment. So you, you kind of described mm -hmm. it is that it is there. It sounds like there's a lot of camaraderie and a lot of mm -hmm. you know closeness and and you're kind mm -hmm. of in a secure area. Absolutely, it's you know they have just such a great culture there. It's not necessarily a a requirement to be a sports fan to work at ESPN. You know they're. There are a lot of people that are from just the area and, you know, have a great job. And, but I would say a vast majority of the employees are sports fans. So it's kind of just like, you're always with your friends. You're always talking about, you know, games that are going on or whatnot, because it's part of your job, but it's also, you know, what you're interested in. And, um, you know, and everybody just like treats each other so equally you know so you're like you know I'm in line behind SVP to get a wrap in the cafeteria or I'm like going to the gym and they're filming a this is sports center with you know Aaron Judge or something like that stuff honestly happens all the time so like at first you're you know a little starstruck and I was because I've always watched sports center you know my whole life I grew up around sports so in the beginning it was a little bit of a you know starstruck but then you're there every single day and realizing that you're, you know, an equal to everyone around you. And it just like, it makes it feel so special to be there. Now, did you happen to get any cameos in any of those uh, commercials that, that we need to go back and try to find roles of? No, no, unfortunately not. Actually, probably fortunately not, no. <laughs> now, you talk about sports and, and, you know, the love of sports, but that, that comes from, you know, probably play in your entire life of course a member of the EIU softball team here were I think a junior on the year that they won the first 
conference championship and played in about 50 games that year, I guess. Kind of what was that like to help build the, the foundation as a freshman and sophomore and then kind of finally reach that, that conference championship goal there your junior year? Yeah, you know, coming in as a freshman to a Division One team, and really, honestly, I'm sure at any level in collegiate athletics, it's so eye-opening because your whole life you're used to being, you know, probably the best or one of the best on your team, and then you become part of a team that is all the best players, you know, and especially as a freshman with all these established upperclassmen, you know, it was such a it was such a, a learning experience my freshman year, but in a great way. You know, you learn to take on different roles, um, to just, like, be a great teammate. You learn so much outside of athletics, just about, you know, everything you're experiencing from just a, a normal college student. So um, that first and second year, my second year was actually a little bit different because I broke my jaw. So... <laughs> Yeah, I uh, ended up, it was like, we were, we were playing our first conference game at Jacksonville, and I got hit by a pitch, so I broke my jaw and ended up having it wired shut for six weeks, so that year is like kind of a blur to me, you know, it's like, I was, I was, we had a great start too, I remember, um, and then I was injured, and it was just such a, you know, weird injury you know it's the only yeah. bone I've still ever broken like my mouth is where I shut so that you know sophomore year was you know one that I kind of just like block out almost a little bit but um but then yeah by junior year I think my uh class the you know there was like a core of us that were really like forming a great bond and um the great thing about like EIU is we had so many people that were you know four-year players that came in as a class and like stuck together and so you just like you grow so connected to these people and actually ironically this past weekend because of my engagement three of my my three teammates that I lived with were like came to Chicago to surprise me like I had no idea but you know that just goes to show how like true these connections with your teammates are um, so by that, you know, our junior year, we were like really, you know, in sync with one another and we had just a great year. And I think that, um, you know, that year in particular definitely was like the best year of softball, I would say, my whole life. Now we're listening to the EIU Panthers podcast here. Our guest is Maria Sorrentino talking a little bit about some of her softball experiences. I was going to ask you, do you kind of keep in touch with some of the the teammates you had and kind of which ones were those those are and you just mentioned there three of your roommates popped up and surprised you in Chicago after your engagement. Yep yeah so Haley Peeper, Haley Hannah, and Jen Saucier those were you know the three girls I lived with roommates teammates um, and still you know lifelong friends that were just here this past weekend and I do keep in touch with Abby Bell who just had a baby the other day, Ali Seplak who's Obviously, these are all, you know, I have a lot of maiden names because I yeah. just like still <laughs> consider like Haley P for Haley Davis. But, um, you know, they're, they really are just the strongest friendships I have. So we, you know, I keep in touch with probably half of, half if not more of the girls I played with throughout my four years there. Yeah, and of not... course, with social media too, you know, you're, you're still keeping up with everyone. You just, you know, some of them you're just not constantly texting or whatnot, but you definitely are keeping up with 
the others that were on your team. Now, as most college students, there's probably a lot of antics you'll remember that you that you can't mention. But what are maybe one or two of your your kind of favorite memories, either as a player or with some of those those teammates mm -hmm. that that you could discuss publicly? Oh man, well, I would say you know we the house we lived in because it was four four girls, you know, four teammates. A lot of our other teammates would all come over, so. You know, whenever we had the opportunity that we weren't playing, you know, that week or, you know, the spring was pretty much off limits because that was our season. But when we had, you know, a day off, a, a Friday off in the fall, which like honestly never happened or something like, you know, we would get together as a team and definitely like indulge in some adult, you know, beverages and whatnot. But we kept it, you know, we were just such a good group you know all so studious we had our coach was amazing you know Kim Schuette she just kept us you know just right on the right track especially with academics and I honestly think that's what has led us all to be you know in these amazing careers that we're in today just with our athletic and academic um, experiences combined you know just set us up for you know just to be successful people and she always, you know, preached that and really cared about, cared about us as people. So, you know, I attribute a lot of that to just having a great coach. Um, but back to the antics, we, you know, we had so much fun on the road too. Just bus rides, you know, back then we all didn't have smartphones. We had, we had phones, but you weren't just like living inside of your phone, you know, that we just enjoyed our company, you know, with each other on these eight hour bus rides and in hotel rooms and stuff. And um, just like, I don't know, entertaining each other, you know, and just creating memories. It, it was, those were honestly like the best, the best parts of playing. When you talk about how much, how quickly things change in, in technology and in social media, it, it's only about eight or nine years ago, you talked about you were on those bus rides with the smartphones and mm -hmm. it's amazing how, you know, what would be, I guess, two or three classes after you or recruiting classes, it's entirely changed how people interact and how they travel with each other. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just so grateful to not have had a smartphone at that time. I think, you know, it, it absolutely sounds great, but I just think it would have been a totally different experience, you know, just kind of zoned in because like you, like even the phones we had didn't, you weren't like connected to the internet, you could text and stuff, but you know, there was not, there was none of that like isolation of being by yourself and on your phone. You know, we were always just with each other, you know, talking to each other, studying together. And I think that's a lot of just what helped form the bond as teammates. And, you know, that definitely translates onto the field and just, you know, all around academics and everything. Now, one of the things that, that I always try to do, and we've been doing these for about three or four weeks now as I do a little bit of research to kind of make sure that people are still where I think they are. And so I typed in your name into Google and surprisingly, it looks like you have a little side hustle there that pops up as the number one search with your name. I'll let, I'll let you kind of give the name of what you're, I, I'm guessing it was just on Instagram, but I think yeah. about a hundred thousand followers on this Instagram page you have. Yeah. yeah, this has been, you know, a COVID development honestly I I've always been you know passionate about fitness and and I attribute a lot of that to just always being an athlete as soon as I was done at Eastern you know I needed like a new outlet to sort of get out my energy and just 
you know, stay in shape, honestly. And um, I just got really into fitness. So about four years ago, I started studying just to get my um, certified personal training. And just honestly, to be more knowledgeable about what I was doing, a lot of what I know comes from our strength and conditioning that I did, you know, as a collegiate athlete, but I wanted to like be more knowledgeable and intentional about what I was doing. So I did that and then created this fitness Instagram account and never really like did too much on it. You know, I would like post workouts here and there. And then around like February, um, well, I had been in the habit for a few months already at that point of just posting my workouts daily. And then as soon as like COVID really, you know, hit home and gyms were shutting down, people were really turning to Instagram to get, you know, home workouts and just ideas of what to do. And I was sort of like already in that um, habit of posting my workouts and I was working out at home and um, it just started like this account started growing so rapidly that, you know, I was up to like, I don't even know, like 50,000 followers in a month or something. And I was like, wow, I need to like, of course, my finance mind is like, how can I monetize this? Like, you know, this is an opportunity. I just need to like sort of, you know, capitalize on the growth and keep it going. So I just kind of like launched a website you know, started advertising more about, you know, creating full programs for people, nutrition plans. And, um, and, you know, a lot of that also comes back to being home all the time. I, you know, I was able to maintain all of my ESPN work without any issues. And then you're not doing anything else. So that was sort of like my outlet of almost like entertainment, keeping myself busy was like diving into this side hustle, I guess, of, you know, being an online personal trainer. So that, you know, definitely came like to a head, I would say in like May, where I was like full go and I have all these online clients now and I'm doing more like advertising on Instagram with brands and stuff. So it's been a lot, you know, over the last four months, but, um, but it's been cool. It's been like a nice side project and it's turning into a lot more than I really anticipated, but it's, it's been really cool. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm sweaty Sorrentino. Is that, is that the yeah. Instagram handle? It is. And uh, I'm losing my last name. So I'm like, Ooh, I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> now with that, when you, and I, and I, I would guess, and I, I saw one of the ones you did the other day, I think you guys finally got out and about in Chicago and went shopping mm -hmm. at, at a local grocery store and, mm -hmm. Or would you yeah. consider, are you an influencer? I don't even know exactly yeah. what an, in, I heard the term and I don't even know if, if yeah. you would consider yourself to be one of those through a brand or have you been contacted to try to be one with yeah. your growing accounts? Yeah, you know, I guess technically that's the term because I'm getting paid to do a lot of these things. And, you know, I honestly have so much respect for people that do it full time. I think the name influencer almost as like a bad rap, you know, it's, it seems like an, an easy out for people that maybe don't want to have a nine to five job or whatever, but it is not easy, you know, and I'm like learning that and in having these opportunities come up and, um, you know, it's, it's a real opportunity is to have a full-time job 
you know, putting out content um, because, you know, the, you know, this account, for example, a hundred thousand followers, 88% of them are women, my, within my age demographic, you know, so they really are buying into what I'm doing, what I'm wearing, what I'm eating, you know, and it's actually true value to these companies. So, you know, because I'm not, you know, trying to make this my full-time, you know, income, I have like promised myself that I want, you know, I'm keeping it a hundred percent genuine, not like selling out to any companies that want me to promote something I'm not, you know, totally on board with. So, you know, I only do promote things that I truly use or, you know, I'm, I'm totally in line with their mission. Um, but it's been interesting. I mean, it's, it's really, it's crazy. Like the amount of, like trans, like the way I can trans, um, like translate my ESPN work skills into like an entrepreneurial position or these opportunities on Instagram. It's, it's, it's pretty tough. I'm, I give it to these people that do it full time. Now for you as a fitness person, there's always going to be, you know, uh, I guess a, a certain type of workout or a part of the body that you enjoy more than others. Is there there are certain days you like, and what I guess what what's your your favorite exercise group? And I I don't even know if that's the right term to yeah. do. What's the oh. one that you dread having to do that you know you need to do that because that's just part of it's that. Yeah, day. I I mean I obviously I love leg day. I mean who doesn't? I love squats and deadlifts and that kind of thing. I actually would consider myself like my first love is running. You know I started out running a lot. I ran the New York marathon in 2016. Thank you. Um, and then, you know, and then I started like broadening my scope of different exercises and I, and I have a long way to go. You know, I don't, I don't ever do yoga. I don't do Pilates. Like there are so many different avenues I have yet to go down, but running is kind of where I started. And now I'm just so into strength training. And, um, you know, of course I love, like, like I said, lower body, but I honestly love working out upper body too. And I know that's not necessarily unique, but it's not as common in women just because they, you know, there's this like fear of getting too strong or, you know, not wanting to have broad shoulders or whatever it is. But I just have always like naturally kind of had like more toned arms and broad shoulders. And um, so I don't know, I just, I just love, I honestly love working out any, anyway. I think it's like, it's so, you know, therapeutic for me. It's so much more than, and that's honestly why I'm so into it is because it's not just like for the physical benefits, which are massive, but you know, it's more the, to, you know, everything that comes with it from like a mental, emotional, spiritual, everything. It's, I just think it's like the best outlet. Now with you as a, you're going to be, and I don't know, I don't want to call you a health nut from a, from a food standpoint, but I'm sure that you eat very healthy, but every once in a while, I guess, what would be your, um, your snack that you, mm-hmm. you break away from that to indulge in that, that is not one that you want to be recommending to the people on your, your Instagram channel? Ooh. Um, I love pizza. The thing is, is I've been on a plant-based diet for like almost a year now because I watched Game Changers, the documentary, and 
just like perked my interest. So I started just like, you know, I thinking, oh, I'll try it for a week. And then a week turned into a month. And now I'm like almost a year into this plant-based diet. So I really, I don't eat any meat or dairy, um, which is limiting, unfortunately. But in Chicago, there's so many great restaurants that have so many different vegan alternatives. So there's a pizza place that has a vegan pizza. That's probably like my when I need to indulge, I'll do that. But you know, I'm, I'm all about balance. I would say 90% of the time I'm really clean with what I'm eating and, um, you know, always staying super hydrated, but I definitely like to like have a beer on the weekend and, you know, I'm like French fries. That's my guilty pleasure is French fries. So, you know, it's, you can't, you can't live in a box and you gotta still enjoy the things, but on the weekdays and when I'm like super busy, I just, I'm so routine. I eat the same thing basically every day, but you know, on the weekends, I would say, you know, a lot of times we're off doing something or we're in a social setting that, you know, you're kind of like more likely to have those options available to you. And, you know, I'm not going to like restrict myself a hundred percent of the time. And we're going to wrap up here just in a few minutes, okay. but I know a question kind of somebody would always ask somebody that works at ESPN, and of course you mentioned their own buys Disney. Mm -hmm. Do you get, I guess, free ESPN Plus and free Disney Plus as, a, as an employee there, or, and, or are those things um, that even employees have to have to buy? No, you have the option, because um, like as a Disney employee, you know, we get access to the parks, um, but they, they just recently came out with a new thing where you can forego that opportunity and in, in um, place you'll get access to Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu. I actually kept my parks okay. um, just because I have nieces and nephews and I just want to be able to have that. You know, it's like a huge thing to be able to get into those parks for free because they're, you know, not cheap. And um, so I do, I actually do pay for Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu. There's like a, a bundle. And but, then, um, with your workouts, I'm sure some, some music is always kind of there. Uh, I, I saw that you probably have on your, your Instagram ones, you probably have some background music to each one of those. Mm -hmm. to, is that, I guess, what's your music or your artist that kind of inspires you to when you're doing your workouts? Or do you listen to something completely different away from what you would work out to? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I am like, I'm never, I don't like always listen to the same thing. So right now I'm kind of seasonal with my music. I've been listening to a lot of country, like summer and country music kind of go hand in hand for me, but I like hip hop and rap, you know, a few pop songs will get catchy enough for me to work into the mix. But, um, and honestly, my fiance, he he like has changed my taste in music a ton he's really into like not oldies but just music like my dad would listen to you know and so I feel like I'm broadening my scope a little bit but anything upbeat with a good tempo especially with running you know you can actually look into like the beats per minute and try to like get something that works with your cadence of you know how you run how fast you run um so I just, anything upbeat, catchy tune, I'll add it to the playlist. 
And then as a kind of our, our wrap up question here as a sports person, I know you're from the, the Chicago area originally now living back in Chicago, kind of what's your go to sports team or teams. I don't know if you're, if you're an all Chicago all the time sports fan or if now having lived in other parts of the country, if yeah. you, your interests have been swayed a little bit. Well, through and through, I am a Cubs fan. You know, growing up, always the Cubs. I'm from the Northwest suburbs. And then even when I was out in Connecticut, that was like, and you know, when they won the World Series, I was living in Connecticut. So that, you know, I'm always proud to be a Cubs fan. I'll never lose that. Softball is my first, you know, love. So baseball is naturally like my, my favorite sport to watch, favorite team. So Cubs are my number one. But actually, when I was living out in Connecticut, um, so many, you know, there are, a lot of them are Patriots fans because they're in New England and Jimmy yep. Garoppolo was playing at the time there. And so I was a Patriots fan for sure. And I was, you know, partly because of Jimmy, partly because it's honestly, it's hard not to be when you're in Connecticut. It's so, you know, in your face all the time, but they're also so good that it's, again, it's hard to not get on that bandwagon when you're in the midst of it. Um, but now that I've been back, I'm trying to support the Bears a little bit more. But um, I don't know. It's it's interesting with Jimmy being now out in San Francisco. I just I'll always root for him, you know, just because he was, you know, the, the at Eastern the years I was there. It's just, you know, you got to support. No, not, nothing wrong with that. I mean, it was a miraculous run for them last year. And I think yep. you know, most of Charleston was – a lot of people in Charleston have become 49ers fans as well, mm -hmm. just like I know probably a decade before that, a lot of them were Cowboys fans when, right. when Tony Romo was down there. there there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong when you get a guy or a player like that that, that makes it to that level to, to wish Absolutely. them well. Totally. So hopefully they're coming out strong this year and we'll get a full season in <laughs> so we can be with the COVID stuff, I guess we'll wrap up with this question for you. It's kind of an ESPN. What What are you guys? What are your thoughts, hopes for for the mm -hmm. season? I mean, this this it impacts viewers. It impacts us yeah. in college athletics. But yeah, I don't even think they think about the people, the other people in sports like like yourself, yeah. how this impacts them on a day to day basis in their livelihoods. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are just hoping for the best, especially with the NFL. Again, I also work on the NBA, and that has been going so well, but it's such a different situation with the NBA because they do have the bubble and they're finishing their season as opposed to starting it. Um, the MLB has really cast a dark shadow on, you know, sports that are starting up for the first time in this environment, I'm hopeful that the NFL can, you know, have more success. It's, it was unfortunate for them to cancel their preseason games, but, um, you know, we're just hoping that the, you know, what they have in place, the plans they have in place and um, all the safety precautions that they're planning around the sports is going to, you know, be enough for us to get through the season as much as we can. All right. Well, we've been joined by Maria Sorrentino right here on our EIU Panthers podcast. And I appreciate you taking some time, Maria, and giving us some insight on how some things work at uh, ESPN and then also some of the, the things you've been up to over the last couple of years since you finished playing softball here with the Panthers. 
Of course. Thanks for having me. And, you know, good luck to you guys too. Hopefully you guys also have, you know, a safe season, fall season, winter season, spring season, and, you know, wish you guys the best. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>